Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Uh, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. A lot of what I hope and think is productive conversation so far on the show. Just, you know, talking a lot about what has gone on in the city the last few days, what has gone on in the country uh, the last week, and and why it's all happening. And, and we've talked to a lot of different people tonight from a lot of different backgrounds um, with a lot of different viewpoints. Um, but... Uh, you know, that is how we are all going to come together and we're all going to, you know, figure out how to make this country a better place when you can listen to others and others that you don't have the same kind of experience uh, that they've had. And that's why I felt like it was important to play that Billy King interview uh, because I, you know, can can um, be on the air here and give you my viewpoints and my thoughts and I can listen and I can hear um, the the things that others have gone through in their lives and, uh, you know, um, empathize and sympathize, but I can't speak from experience. I, I just can't. That That's not um, a, a, a viewpoint. That's not a perspective that I can give uh, because I have grown up, um, you know, a white kid uh, of privilege in the suburbs, and uh, I don't understand, you know, um, I, I can't see it or understand exactly the experiences that others have had. Uh, but I can listen. And uh, listening is how we're all going to figure out uh, how to make this this country uh, a better place and how we're all going to come together. And, you know, um, the division, all the things that when you look at, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the extremes of both sides, uh, those people are the ones trying to keep us divided. Um, but uh, I, I, I truly believe that the vast majority in this country uh, wants the country uh, to become a better place. And the only way we can do that is to listen to the people who are protesting peacefully, to listen the ca- to, to listen to them about the cause that they are fighting for. And, listen to the experiences that they have had in the past. And that being the reason they are fighting for change and they are fighting for things to be better. Um, And, you know, if we do that, that's at least a starting point. It's at least a way to to begin uh, to heal and and heal some of these wounds that are clearly, clearly um, very evident, evidently still there in this country. Uh, so a lot of productive dialogue so far, and we'll keep doing it in the last hour. We'll see if we get to some sports stuff. Um, you know, if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. But obviously, uh, more serious issues uh, going on right now in this country. And, um, you know, it, it, it's it's an interesting conversation to have. And, and um, I, I hope it's, it's helping a lot of people out there um, 
to to either get on and talk about it or just listening uh, to different viewpoints, uh, which is what we all need to do. 215-592-9494. Let's go to V in Croydon. What's up, V? Good morning. How are you doing there? I'm all right. How are you? All right. Listen, um, this is what, in my opinion, needs to happen. If we follow this, I think that we can bring about change. The first thing that needs to happen is we need to learn how to have something called collective openness. The worst type of person is a person that is not open. We need to be open, open to different change. The second thing that needs to happen, we need to be able to understand by communicating. The third thing that needs to happen is we need to value the differences of others. Remember, peaceful protests can only come when there's peace in your heart. You can't have peaceful protests if there's violence in your heart. And remember that the word stop, S-T-O-P, simply means submit to officers policing. And and then finally, we must understand that change comes by newness of thinking and change of heart. Time's yours. Okay, well, thank you, V. I appreciate it. And I think... um I, I think a lot of that is true. A lot of it is just listening to each other. Like, and that, that's what I've continued to preach uh, throughout the show and what I have the last couple nights is so much of this uh, can just get better and, and um, we can all reach a better understanding by listening more and understanding the experiences of others. And that's why I, I get so frustrated sometimes when I just see people shout others down about, you know, being some people are so entrenched on their viewpoints that they don't want to look at a different perspective and they don't want to admit that we have issues. And yeah, just because people are peacefully protesting police brutality, it doesn't mean all police are bad. Um, And when you look at it, when people look on the other side and say, oh, look at people looting and look at people um, causing violence and doing all these horrible things, uh, that's a very small percentage. The majority of people are protesting peacefully. The majority of people are protesting for a cause that needs attention. And there are people that are crying out for, for help. And it's time for... You know, people that look like me and Mike, you know, the white people in this country to see it from that perspective and join that fight. Like, that's what we need. We need everybody to come together and everybody to, you know, stop just looking at it from your very small window that you've seen through your entire life. Because we've all had very different experiences. And as I've said all night, and I'll continue to say, I... I don't have those types of experiences. So in some ways, I'm very unqualified uh, to speak on these issues because I can't tell you um, what it feels like to be discriminated against. I can't tell you what it feels like to be the victim of racism because I have never felt that um, in my life. If I get pulled over, um, or as Isan said earlier, uh, rolls through a stop sign and has to be so... um, careful and meticulous about what he does when the officer comes up to the car. I've never had to experience that. I've gotten pulled over multiple times for rolling through stop signs. I get out my license, show my license, show my registration, get let off with a warning, and that's that. Um, So I can't speak from those sorts of experiences, but what I do have uh, and what I can offer is the ability to listen. And understand, try to understand what people have gone through in this country. And try to understand um, the, the issues that they are fighting for. And that's why we need everybody to join this fight. The people who are out there trying to divide everybody, don't pay attention to them. Because that, that is not productive in any way. Fighting from this side or fighting from that side is not productive and it's not going to get anything done. It's not going to make anything better. For the people who just want things to get better, the only way things get better is if we come together and try to fix the issues that this country has when it comes to race and the issues that this country has with how African Americans and other minorities are treated in this country. 
And the best way to do that is to just listen. Listen to the cause they are fighting for. Listen when um, people are trying to explain what these protests are actually about, which has nothing to do with the looting and the violence. That's a very small percentage of people. The vast majority are fighting for a cause, and a cause that needs to be acknowledged that has gone ignored for far too long. 215-592-9494, If you want to get in, John and Violand, I see you there. You'll be first right after the break. Uh, we'll continue talking about it in the 4 o'clock hour. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Tom Shores. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TommyKelly44. Uh, you can call in 215-592-9494 uh, is how you get in. Um, a lot of positive conversation or uh, productive conversation, I hope, tonight uh, in regards to the protests and uh, the things that have happened in this country over the last week, which you know I know for the Stick to Sports people, we're a sports station here, but uh, to be honest, right now sports seem somewhat trivial. Um, you know, and and when there are more important issues going on, uh, you need to discuss it and you need to talk about it. And I think it's important as a country that we all talk about it. And th- this is a place where we can, and, and that's important, where you can get uh, a variety of different viewpoints. You can get people who've experienced different things. Um, and, and we can have a dialogue about it and hopefully come to a better understanding. Because in the end, that's how that's how we solve this. That's how uh, these problems get better in this country, is just um, coming to a better understanding of different people's perspectives and getting a, a perspective on it that you might not have. And we'll continue to do it over the next hour. Um, we, uh, I'm envisioning we'll get to some sports stuff at some point. Um, Mike does have some new Gabe stuff that he, he wants to get in. Uh, so we'll get that done um, at some point here. Uh, but I'd like to continue to talk, uh, talk about uh, these issues going on uh, because um, they're, they're really important. And uh, it's, it's, it's critical uh, that we all hear each other's viewpoints. We all hear each other's uh, opinions and um, come to a better understanding uh, because not understanding each other and not having an open dialogue, um, that's how we've gotten in this situation to begin with. 215-592-9494. Let's go to John and Vineland. What's up, John? How you doing? Not bad. How are you? Uh, the shame of all of this is that Colin Kaepernick brought this to the national attention years ago, but no one listened until people actually saw the video of people losing their lives. Yeah, John. No, and and yeah, I mean that, and that's that's very upsetting and and very frustrating. And when you look back on the Kaepernick thing, and I'll I'll let you respond, but it is it is true because um, this is what he was protesting. These kind of things that we've seen over the last uh, week or so, the George Floyd situation, like this is what Colin Kaepernick was protesting, and unfortunately. uh, certain people used that situation to make it about a ton of stuff that, frankly, it was never about. And just so that you can understand, part of what the non-white community has to deal with when it comes to policing, my cousin, who was 5'10", was stopped in Moorestown. They were looking for a suspect that wasn't white, 5'4" but because he had the right car and the right skin tone, it didn't matter that he was taller than the suspect. He spent six hours in the Morristown police station until someone decided, oh, he doesn't match the suspect's details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and that, that stuff... That stuff can't happen, John. I mean, that, that that's... and it does. It it happens daily, still. Yeah, and uh, and you know, I've never had to experience that. Um, and uh, you know, um, uh, mo- most uh white people haven't had to experience that, and that's why it frustrates me when um, you know, so many of these issues 
get shouted down uh, by people when they they have no experience. They, they don't have the same experiences as as minorities do in this country. Yeah, and there was the other um, girl in the news in Houston moved from Chicago to Houston, got pulled over for a traffic violation and was found in her cell dead hung 12 hours later and that one also has kind of been let out of the media's uh, view so there are a lot of things that are still happening that uh, have people upset no and And, i I hear the looters while it's wrong it's partly because of a frustration as to what's going on no, um, the unemployment and everything else. No, no doubt. There's a lot of frustration out there, and I appreciate the call, John. And I, I do think, you know, as far as the looting and the violence, um, the coronavirus and being locked inside for for two and a half months, essentially, uh, I'm sure that does play into it to a degree. Certainly doesn't excuse it in any way. Um, but it's a shame that part of it. That that part of it is so disappointing obviously for the people who run those businesses and for the people who uh, have already taken such an economic hit from uh, the impact of the virus and the last couple months and everything being shut down um, it's 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 devastating for them to suffer even further losses now Um, and that part of it is so upsetting and it's upsetting from the other end as well that it's taking away from the peaceful protests that are going on. Because I'm telling you, I truly believe this in my heart. I truly believe that 98% of the people who are, you know, out there, are, are ha- their hearts are in the right place. And they're protesting for a cause that they truly believe in. And they're protesting for a cause that needs attention and what the people who are looting and the people who are being violent and and destructive are doing is taking away from that message and from that cause. And that part of it is, is, is absolutely heartbreaking. And uh, because, because what it does and, you know, you can have your own theories on the people that are doing that, if they have ulterior motives, I personally uh, don't think that they are the people who are peacefully protesting. I just don't. I just don't see it that way. I, I don't think those people who are doing that, they're not doing that in the name of protesting uh, domestic or, or um, you know, uh, racial injustice. They're not doing that to uh, try to further the cause. They're doing that to be op- opportunistic and take advantage of a chaotic situation. And that, that sucks, quite frankly. It, it really does. And it's taking away from all the good work uh, that people are trying to do in this country. The people that are out there marching for a, 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 a just cause. The people who are out there trying to make a difference. And it's upsetting because it gives fodder to the people who just don't want to hear. And, you know, that that that's so frustrating to me, is the people who don't want to hear about the protests, uh, you know, uh, who just want to tell whenever athletes speak out, shut up and dribble, or go back and, and you know, that's not your, it's not your forum uh, to make political statements. Again, I don't understand where politics and race intersect. I don't know why it, is that way? It certainly shouldn't be that way. Um, I I don't know why politics and race are all mixed in together uh, because uh, that just uh, racial equality should be something that everybody strives for, that everybody wants in this country. And when you see what um, those people are doing on the other side, who who now will look at the looters and they lump all the protesters in with the looters. And try to drown out that message. Uh, that that that's really that's really sad, quite frankly. And it 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 it's it's taking away from so many people who are trying uh, to help and trying to make this country um, a better place. 
and uh, you know it's 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 very unfortunate that that kind of stuff is happening because I do think the majority of people out there are protesting with their hearts in the right place and they are fighting for a just cause. And, uh, you know, the more this looting happens and the more videos you see, that's what you're going to see predominantly um, because those are the things that are going to draw eyeballs. But um, I'm seeing so many videos as well of 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 positivity and unity and you see you know national guard members and police officers in this city kneeling with protesters and you're seeing videos in in, in other states in new york of uh, you know a new york cop hugging a protester and those um groups coming together and uh the more the looting and the rioting happens um that's taking away from that message. And it's just giving fodder to the people who don't want to hear anything about the protests. Because as I can get on here and preach about listening and talk about trying to see things from somebody else's perspective and somebody else's point of view who's had experiences that you haven't had, unfortunately, there's still a large number of people in this country who don't want to hear that. They're going to see things the way they see them, and they don't want to look at it from a different perspective. They don't want to look at it from a different viewpoint. They don't want to hear people protesting um, for, for a cause that, uh, for some reason, they don't believe in. And, and I don't understand how you could oppose racial equality. Um, but when you see that kind of stuff in the violence, that's taking away from the nonviolent protesters. And that's that's been one thing uh, that has been heartbreaking and really upsetting to see uh, because so many people are out there uh, with the right goal in mind and the goal of making this country a better place. And, um, you know, if we do start listening to each other, uh, I truly believe we can accomplish that goal. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly. Um, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Tuesday morning here. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. In a couple minutes, I want to play some sound um, from Lloyd Pierce, former Sixers assistant, now the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, um, who's doing some good things along with some other NBA head coaches, they're trying to make a difference and, and um, you know, help from the world of sports with this situation, which is, is going to be important. And, you know, I, I think that era of stick to sports and sports people not getting involved in these kind of issues, I just think that's done. Um, and, and rightfully so. You know, I, I think we're at a point where this is going to come down to everybody pulling together and everybody trying uh, to make a difference. And, um, you know, I players are not going to be silenced on these issues. Um, ben Simmons uh, made a statement on um, on uh, Monday night. Uh, Jason Kelsey, who uh, said, you know, during a team meeting on um, Monday that, you know, he had not made a statement to this point on the issues. And, I, I you know, I think there are a lot of people out there who are just, hesitant to make any comments uh, that they feel will agitate a segment of people. But, um, you know, Jason Kelsey had some very interesting uh, things to say that after this team meeting and hearing from Deshaun Jackson and some of his other African-American teammates, he felt like it was a really important thing to do. And, you know, Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz uh, made their statements last week, and I think you're going to see a lot more of it, and uh, uh, rightfully so. Um, as uh, players and athletes uh, look to try to help solve some of these issues. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Bill and Bluebell. What's up, Bill? Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Hey, good, man. Listen, I want to lend a little bit of um, you know, insight here as to from a different perspective. I happen to be a little bit older than you are, and I happen to be a white gentleman who grew up in the streets of Philadelphia. And what is happening is decades of issues that have 
just absolutely grown out of control. And a lot of people just don't understand the background of what's going on here because just like normally when we're looking for something, it's usually right in front of our face, but we just don't see it. Okay. And in this particular case, it's the same set of circumstances. Okay. I grew up with black people. Okay. I have more fun with black people than I have with white people. I think they're great people. Okay. And one of the major issues that I have been dealing with over my lifetime, and I had to deal with it myself, was the fact that for people that don't recognize this as a political issue are being ignorant. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Black people don't even know why they're rioting today. Okay. They're doing it because there's frustration. Okay. Well, Bill, but Bill, I don't understand. think I, I, Bill, I just, I don't think that's true. I, I don't think that's true that people were out rioting, and I mean, maybe a small segment of people, like I said, the looters and the people causing violence, they're opportunists. But you can't tell me that a lot of these peaceful protesters aren't out there and they, they, they don't that's know why they're protesting. With it. Peaceful protesting is one thing. Okay, don't you have to disseminate between the two? Okay, rioting is rioting, looting is rioting. Okay, that is. That is a systemic problem caused from frustrations of years, decades, centuries of issues, okay, that is right from our own uh, political background, okay, that is forced into believing when this country was established, okay, you brought slaves into this country that were black, okay, and this is known as a Christian country. Now, you got to justify for me how a Christian country can deem other people as a second-class citizen like black people have been for generations now. You and can't this do is where the frustration lies, okay? It does, you know, this is not something that just happened overnight, okay? It's years and years and years of recognizing the fact that, you know what? We're just treated differently because we're black, and this is the truth, all right? And like I said to you before, I grew up in the streets of Philadelphia, and you want to know what the number one issue is in Philadelphia and every other city across this country? Education or the lack thereof, okay? These people are talked down to. How do I know that? Because I was talked down to, okay? And I have factual background to back me up. But unfortunately, I don't have all night to discuss this with you because obviously you have other things that you don't want to. But for us to not recognize that these people have been treated unfairly by this country right from the very beginning and it hasn't changed and not recognize it as a political issue is stupid. Okay? Well, it's ignorant. I no, I got you, Bill, and I appreciate the call. That's the thing; it shouldn't be a political issue. Like race and politics should not intersect. Like I don't understand why that has to be the case. If that is the case, it shouldn't be the case, and we should be working so that's not the case anymore. Like equality for everybody should not be a political issue, and the fact that it is is very troubling. It is very, very troubling that that is a political issue. And I'm not going to tell you it's totally untrue. I'm not saying it's untrue. I'm saying it shouldn't be the case. And no matter whether you are Democrat or Republican or whatever, you should, if you are a decent human being, want everybody to be equal and want everybody to have the same opportunities and want everybody to have, you know, be treated the same way by uh, police or, you know, in any aspect of life. And it is very troubling that it, that is a political issue. Trust me. And um, it's, it, it's, it's something that has got to be changed. And, uh, you know, I, I think there are people out there who are trying to take advantage of the situation. There's no doubt about it. There are the people that are out there looting, and the people that are out there rioting and causing violence, they are trying to, you know, be opportunistic and take advantage of a chaotic situation. And that, um, that, that can't happen. That's inexcusable. But the people who are out there protesting um, are doing so uh, with, with good reason. And, um, you know, it, it is upsetting uh, that that, can be looked at politically, and I'm not going to tell Bill he's wrong uh, when it comes to that, um, because I do think there are, you know, there are political aspects that get involved in this. My point is just that that shouldn't be the case. I'm not telling you it's not. I'm telling you it shouldn't. 
And no matter what side of the aisle you reside on, um, you should support racial equality. Like, and I don't think that's a, um, I, I don't think that's a controversial statement. And I don't view that as a political statement. It shouldn't be a political statement. Um, and and the fact that that it can be viewed that way is is troubling, without a doubt. Two one five five nine two. 9494 if you want to get in 215-592-9494 is how you join the show um but when you look at how these stuff intersects with sports and that's what we examine here or what we try to examine um you know right now obviously whether it does or not uh these issues are big enough to where you talk about it regardless um but uh you know different people around sports are trying to make a difference uh whether it is leading uh, peaceful protests like Malcolm Jenkins did or Tobias Harris did or, you know, Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon in Atlanta. Um, but other uh, people around sports just trying to make a difference. And uh, what the NBA coaches are doing um, is uh, something that I think is very useful right now as the NBA coaches are, are getting a coalition together to help fight these kind of issues. And the NBA in general has been an extremely progressive league and you know we've talked a lot over the last couple weeks about the way the NBA's return was kind of coming together and a lot of that coming from a place where the players have this inherent trust and this respect for Adam Silver and when you look at the differences between basketball and baseball, uh, that's one of the biggest ones when you look at the issues baseball's had with restarting and the issues that basketball uh, has has not had in terms of at least coming together on the financials of it and coming down um, with the uh, idea of of figuring out a way to play that the players, um, you know, will be okay with. And a lot of that comes from having a good relationship with the commissioner, which Major League Baseball players clearly don't have. You see the way Manfred handled the Astros situation and, you know, players' comments saying they don't respect him. Uh, The NBA players have the ultimate respect for Adam Silver. We played you the Woj cut last week where he talked about, you know, they had a call and the players were just so thankful to Silver for giving them all the information. A ton of that goes back to what Adam Silver did with the whole Donald Sterling situation, where he basically stripped this guy of his team um, because he was a blatant racist. And that uh, kind of of trust that has been ingrained in the players in that commissioner has, you know, impacted that league for a long time and has been a big part of why they haven't had these same kind of issues that baseball's had in trying to come back. Yeah, and specifically Chris Paul, because Chris Paul leads the player side of it, and, you know, he was... On the team. Face the franchise of the Clippers. Right. And, you know, um, we can have our issues with Adam Silver and whether he forced Hinky out or whatever, um, but uh, I have the ultimate amount of respect for Adam Silver in that situation. He couldn't have handled it any better. And because of the way he handled that situation, the players in that league respect him ultimately. And that league has been known for being incredibly progressive. And um, Lloyd Pierce, who used to be an assistant with the Sixers under Brett Brown, um, now the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks uh, spoke on Woj's pod um, yesterday and uh, talked about what some of what the coaches are doing and his feeling um, as having a need, uh, really, uh, to speak out on these issues. I would feel like a coward being here in this city and not trying to play a part with the community and I knew that I knew that when I took the job, I, I knew I was going into a city that was unique to all other cities in our country as an African-American man and with the history of African-American men and their leadership for others. My first two months here living in Atlanta, I'm meeting John Lewis, Congressman John Lewis with our staff and, and meeting Ambassador Young. He comes and speaks to our team. And I'm going over to the house of, of uh, Reverend Joseph E. Lowry um, and speaking to him. Just those three conversations alone, you, you come out of it, you say, this place is different. This city is different. Uh, I'm at Reverend Lowry's party this year and sitting next to Dr. Martin Luther King's only living sibling at the dinner. And so you have to be a voice in this city 
And what I've learned is because of that responsibility, you, you feel every single burden. Quinn, I know you do as well. If a player comes to you and, and tells you, you know, my aunt has cancer, you can't stop thinking about it. You can't stop thinking about what your player is going through every practice, every game. So multiply that by your players, your coaches, your staff. And in here in the city of Atlanta, you know, it is the African-American issue. That, that problem hasn't. That, this problem is, is very real. You know, in the racist side, I think, you know, Dwayne Casey has spoken about it and he talked about it, you know, growing up in the South and growing up in the, the civil rights era. But that's not the only form of racism that we're seeing and dealing with. Just in the pandemic, you know, lower income areas, African-American communities are being affected and being hit by this because they don't have access to health care. And so what are they doing? They're out now. These are probably the people that are out of rioting. They're homeless. They're out of work. They don't have access to health care. They've seen black men murder. They're angry. They're frustrated. They're pent up. And so because no one cares. And so no one cares about African-American men that are being killed. And you just put it all into the same bubble, the same category. And someone needs to hear us when we're frustrated and when we say we're living in fear and when we say that we're hurting right now. And, you know, that's the message that. Uh, I think these peaceful protests are trying to get through more than anything and that that I, I, I'm trying to convey with the small platform we have here is is just to listen, to listen to people who are crying out for help and, and you know, crying out for for people to hear them and the people who are trying to divide um, and trying to separate each other on these issues. You know, uh, you got to block them out and. Uh, yeah, the, the looters, they are not the peaceful protesters. And I, I'll say again, I heard a caller call Jody and say, you know, these, these protesters, they're, they're a big problem. It's like, no, the looters are the ones causing the issues. The vast majority are, are peaceful protesters. And, um, you know, it's important to separate those facts and to understand, uh, that those issues, that, that those, those groups, um, are not intertwined uh, the way some people are making them out to be intertwined. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Tyrone in Indiana. What's up, Tyrone? Tyrone, you there? How you Yo, doing? Tyrone. Wanna, uh, How you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, got you. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just wanted to uh, say I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I'm an um, African American. Um, I'm well, actually, I'm just, I'm just a brown black, you know, man in America, and I, uh, I wanted to say that. If you look back at back in the seventies when uh, you know cocaine crack and stuff like that were in the um, in the hood, it, it wasn't a problem to uh, white America because you know black people were killing themselves, you know, selling drugs, killing each other, and everything else. But then when heroin came along and it started, you know, going into the white communities, you know, the rich white communities, communities now they wanted to say, oh well, it's a it's an epidemic, you know, people are dying from heroin overdoses and, and opioid overdoses and stuff like that. But all that time when we were dying from this stuff, it was okay. You know what I mean? Like they make it's like everybody wants to you know turn around and not see what's going on because it doesn't affect their it doesn't affect their bottom dollar. It doesn't affect their bottom line. And as long as it keeps going like that, the people that the powers that be doesn't give people an opportunity to to speak their voice. These things will happen. You have a guy like um, Ahmad Aubrey who was gunned down just for you know taking a jog out out in Georgia. And these guys weren't arrested until just now. You know what I mean? My right. wife sent me a post of, you know, two white kids, uh, you know, college-age uh, kids, you know, with one guy kneeling on the other guy's knee. The guy that's on the ground has the beer in his hand, and they're laughing. That's the problem with America. That's the problem with the country. And until people stop thinking this is a joke and start taking it serious, this is always going to be a problem. They do it because it does not affect them. But until it affects them, that's when it's like, oh, now we got to do something. Now it's important. Now we got to take the blinders off because now it's affecting our home. Now it's affecting our community. It's been affecting people of color since, since the, the age of time. And it, it has to stop. It has to stop. I'm angry. I'm hurting. I'm, you know, I'm a truck driver. I'm out here, and you have to, I have to work even harder versus a guy who might be white who's just a scumbag, but, you know, he gets, he gets by me while I have to cross all my T's and dot all my I's to make sure that I'm doing everything right. 
just not to get in trouble or just not to, you know, be, uh, eyes being looked at me a certain way. And it, it's, it's sad. Yeah, and Tyrone, I, I, I mean, I can't speak from that kind of experience. I haven't experienced um, that kind of thing. But what we can do is listen and try to figure out how to how to fix these problems together. And yeah, I, I, I appreciate you sharing. And, I, and like I said, people just have to listen, but they don't want to. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, no. and, 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 and so they want to listen. Nothing's going to change. Like maybe, you know, like I said, I don't agree with looting and rioting and all that stuff. But, you know, like I said, at some point it's like, you know, well, I'm, I take the peaceful approach and nothing is happening. All the time I take the peaceful approach. I try to be the you know, the, the, the guy that listens to other people. But guess what? It doesn't matter because, it, you know, it, nothing, nothing ever changes. And then when you speak up, it's like, oh, shut up and play basketball or shut up and do this. Well, I can entertain you, but I can't talk to you. That, that, that's a problem. Right. No, I, I hear you, Tyrone, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And I think, you know, that 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 stuff needs to stop like these. The 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 people who are speaking out are not going to be silenced anymore. And that's what you hope can come out of this. And you hope that out of all of, of this pain that we felt over the last week or so and for, um, you know, African-Americans, minorities much longer that this can truly inspire change because you know, if these things in the past would happen and they kind of get glossed over um, and we move on. But now, you know, you hope that this will be different because it needs to be different. We obviously need to make changes and we obviously need to start caring more about each other. And until and Tyrone's right, until everybody starts taking it more seriously, um, until everybody starts to understand the effects and understand how um people are being affected uh you know significant change and meaningful change um isn't going to be made and we all need to realize that and all need to listen to each other and and that's how how it starts that's how it starts is just listening to people and getting their getting their viewpoints getting their perspectives hearing their experiences that as i said earlier um in a lot of ways, I feel highly unqualified to be talking about issues like this because I don't have those experiences um, that African-Americans and other minorities have had in this country. I just don't. I, I was a white kid who grew up in the suburbs, so I don't have those kind of experiences. Uh, but uh, I, what I can do is listen, and that's what we can all do. And we can all try to understand that perspective and understand how we can uh, try to change things uh, to make this country a better place because it it, it needs to happen. It needs, it needs to happen now. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, we'll keep talking about this stuff if you want to get in. Um, it's, you know, been a lot of, uh, you know, meaningful conversation tonight and hopefully um, we're, we're getting something out of it and people uh, have, uh, you know, heard a lot of different viewpoints throughout the course of the show and hopefully we can um you know take that and 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 uh try to find a way to understand each other better uh so we'll keep talking about all that if you want to um we will get to Gabe we 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 got to do our Gabe check-in to lighten things up a little bit so we'll do our Gabe check-in um he also has a strong message on this okay Gabe has a message as well on all the things that have been going on uh, so we will hear from Gabe and continue talking uh, about some really meaningful issues uh, for the rest of the show. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Palmer ready at the belt, and he throws. And Imagio swings, and he hits a high drive to center field. That one has hit pretty well. Going way back there, Duke Snyder. He's at the warning track. He's at the wall. It is gone. A home run. Joe DiMaggio with a two-run homer over the center field wall here at the Coliseum over the 400-foot sign. And it is 3-0 NorCal. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Um... Obviously, a lot of, uh, you know, serious discussion tonight over, uh, you know, all the things that have gone on in the country the last few days. But uh, M Mike Angelina would never 
allow me to not check in with Gabe Kapler. <laughs> You're putting this you all for, on me. You forced this one on me. Um, no, but we, we wanted to get to Gabe and get Gabe's thoughts on, on stuff. But that was the the North California game. He went up 3 nothing. Yeah, It sounds so, like it was going well for you. Yeah, up 3 nothing in the seventh inning, six outs away from the – the, the championship. Lefty Gomez was cruising. Seven innings, one one hit allowed only at that point. Who was Lefty Gomez? I've never heard of him. Uh, he was, uh, I think it was Joe DiMaggio's teammate on, like, the, the Yankees in the 30s. Okay. He hailed from and North so, California. And then DiMaggio homered off of him. No, DiMaggio, they were teammates. They're both Northern oh, California. Oh, okay. I'm my, saying my Gabe apologies. had everything going for him. Okay. 3 nothing. Gomez was cruising. I thought you meant they were teammates back in, like, the 30s of the Yankees. They were that, too. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, a little familiarity. Uh, but no, he left Gomez in too long. He gave up a run in the eighth. And then uh, ninth inning, Eckersley blows um, the save. So, you know, 3-3, they went to the seventh inning. And this is where it gets interesting. He goes to some um, former Phillies on the mound, including Tug McGraw. Okay. Tug McGraw walks Jackie Robinson, walks George Brett, and walks Ted Williams. So you think it's time to pull him, right? Yeah, of course. He leaves him in for Mark McGuire, and he gets McGuire out. But then he brings in Dave Stewart, and Eddie Matthews hit a walk-off grand slam off Dave Stewart. Wow. So, uh, so We're going to Oracle Park for Game 7. So Gabe did make the pitching change. Yeah, just it's weird that he made it right after he got McGuire out. Okay, so he, he got McGraw got McGuire out, then he pulled him. Yeah. So Gabe really, uh, I guess, trusting the analytics there. Yeah, I I, 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 don't I know. presume. I wonder if he's doing these analytical calculations during the game. So they're going to a game seven. Yeah, uh, Don Drysdale and Tom Seaver. Well, I thought Tom Seaver was going to pitch game six, but I was wrong about that. Well, I'm not on tomorrow. I believe it's Jan Janssen, but um, we'll recap this for everyone Monday morning. I guess. Yeah, and well, text me and let me know who who wins on on Wednesday. <laughs> I, I'm going to want to know that. Um, so what do we have from Gabe? Did he still do his weekly appearance on Monday? Yeah, he did. Monday? He, um, you know, Gabe has, Gabe has an interesting history with like kind of, you know, civil rights discussions. Uh, apparently both his parents marched, um, you know, back in the sixties. So yeah, they asked him for what his kind of statement is on this, on the heels of the San Francisco Giants saying that they unequivocally denounce racism. You know, I think the use of the word unequivocally denounce acts of racial injustice um, against members of the black community that continue to plague our nation. And, and it's the word unequivocally and denounce that kind of speaks to what I was talking about with there being no middle ground on, on being an anti-racist that um, I am most proud of in that statement. Um, so, yeah, certainly when that statement was released, it, it gave me a, a sense of pride and encouraged me and I think a, a lot of others in the Giants organization to continue to be active and, and to have these conversations, not to shy away from these difficult, uncomfortable conversations in a time when people desperately need us to speak up. That's a good message from Gabe. We, we do need to speak up and speak out about these kind of things. Um, that's, that's a productive message from, from Gabe on all the stuff that's been going on. Yeah, I thought it was well said, and um, good statement by the Giants as well. Yes, definitely. And Gabe, Gabe's, Gabe is always good on this kind of stuff. Uh, so what else do we have from, from Gabe? Well, this one I couldn't wait to share with you. Um, it's one from a couple hours ago. The play, this, We haven't had a case of them overlapping in a while. These uh, KNBR guys, the afternoon show. Yeah, the Jokers from <laughs> Just, KNBR. Yeah, we need to come up with a more clever name for them. But Yeah, um, so the one guy had a pretty radical idea of – you know how there's mannequins in the stands in some of these KBO games, and there's some thought of... Yeah, one of them was Boog Shambi the other day. Yeah, that's right. So um, one of the KNBR guys had the idea of they thought it would be funny, I guess in a in a weird way, to take the nets down, the protective netting, and just let the mannequins get hit by foul balls because I guess he thought it would be funny. And uh, he, he brought that up to Gabe. What about if we have the cardboard cutouts put them in all the seats behind home plate and around the dugouts, and then drop the nets. So on foul balls, these cardboard cutouts can just get smashed. It'll make for a more fun experience. <laughs> that is certainly a, a goofy note to end on. Um, <laughs> guess, well, guess, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. That was a ridiculous clip of overlapping. That was not a funny statement Gabe made. It was just kind of a pretty, you know, 
innocuous uh, answer to their question. <laughs> yeah, Gabe's head. You imagine where Gabe's head's at. He's probably like, all right, been consuming this type of news for the last 48 hours, and these jokers are asking me about mannequins getting hit by foul balls. Yeah. I mean, then, and then they, they really force that, that laughing. Yeah. Um, so then Gabe gathers himself and actually he offers what I thought was a pretty good idea and good, uh, pretty serious response to that, that idea. No, I guess <laughs> when, when I think about it, it's like it might actually demonstrate that those nets make a big difference. Exactly. Right? exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the nets were, you know, given how hard players hit the baseball now um, and how often you see people looking down at their phones um, and how often you see, some, you know, a, a father or a mother lean down to have a conversation with a very young child. Those nets are, are crucial. So maybe maybe this makes the point, right? Like you drop the nets and the the paper mache mannequins or the, yeah. the cardboard cutouts get blown up. And like, oh, yeah, that's that's why we have those nets up. I, I think it's a, a really good idea. Yeah, I'll put you down for a yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll vote in your favor, even though I haven't had a whole lot of time. To think about. <laughs> Those are the best kind of votes to get. Gabe pretty much just seemed done with that conversation. It was just like, yeah, I'll say whatever. I just want to move on. They were having a good time with that. They that were. Conversation. How many guys are on this show? It sounds Three. like there are five guys every time. You know, I should get their actual names. Yeah, okay, it's not, not that important. Well, we're all about giving credit on the show, Tom. Right, that's true. Unlike some other shows here. So what do you got, Mike? Can I have a second to Google? Sorry, Tom? sorry, sorry. We're I'm, well, I'm trying to fill here. Uh, Tolbert, Kruger, and Brooks. Okay, Kruger. Okay. Yes, uh, they they boast that they have 67 combined years of experience at KMBR. Wow, that's a pretty um, expansive uh, r- resume for. So I guess all you know, 20 plus years apiece. Um, for if, if you divide it all up, so uh, interesting. Is that all we got from Gabe today? Yeah, just didn't want to go too heavy with Gabe, just in light of all those. Right, but um, always good to check in with Gabe um, as we uh, kind of, you know, uh, make our way through it here, and we talk about a lot of serious issues tonight, but um, Mike was not going to let me get through a show without without playing Gabe. There's just no way you were going to allow that to happen. He did contribute to the conversation. He did. He so. did contribute to it, so thank you to Gabe Kapler. Uh, 215-592-592. 9494. I'm Tom Kelly. Um, next segment, I will let you hear an interview um, last night on uh, Joe Giglio's show. Uh, Marshall Harris joined him uh, to give a, a different perspective. As, as I've said, um, you know, I can't offer the perspective, um, you know, from an African-American growing up in this country. I just can't do it. We've been talking to a lot of people of different backgrounds tonight, and I think uh, hopefully having some uh, productive conversation. But we'll let you hear uh, Marshall's conversation with Joe coming up next segment. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.